Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff right after this. Well, we appreciate so much those Christian radio stations in America. They sacrifice a great deal in order to get the gospel message to you, how to be saved, and and equally important after that, sharing with you how to live the Christian life with great speakers, men and women from across the world that can come right into your automobile, home, breakfast nook, and share the good news of Jesus Christ and how to live this life. I know we here at Greg Patton Ministries through the Cross Church in Fort Wayne so excited to be a part of daily broadcasting right here on this Christian station. Hey, give them a big thank you for all the programming. And if you can, help out financially. Every ministry needs financial. How do you go on without money? Something to pray about and something to consider. God has blessed you. You need to bless others. Christian Radio, ah, it's a must. What in the world is going on? Iranian forces have seized an oil tanker in the Gulf of Oman. Two U.S. military officials confirmed that now. The seized vessel, previously known as the Suez Rajan, was once at the center of another dispute between the United States and Iran that ultimately saw the U.S. seize over one million barrels of Iranian crude oil. Armed Iranian soldiers reportedly boarded the vessel Thursday morning. The U.S. and other Western navies have been combating attacks from the Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen. In the Red Sea, doing that for weeks now. Something's got to be done here. I can tell you to say, blow them out of the water. Really, you know, already, sir? Former, nah, President Donald Trump signaled during an Iowa town hall event on Fox News last night that he already has decided who he's going to choose to be his, who he chooses to be his running mate in 2024. I can't tell you that really. I mean, I know it's going to be. I just can't tell you. We'll have to do that at another time, said Trump. What about any of the people that you've run against? Would you be open to mending any? Well, let's talk about this all day. Trump says he knows who's his. Trump says he knows who his VP will be. Beginning today, the International Court of Justice is going to hold a preliminary hearing on South Africa's claim that Israel has committed genocide in its war against Hamas, which, according to the health ministry in the Hamas-run Gaza, has left more than 23,000 Palestinians dead. Israel has denounced that case as absolutely absurd blood libel, and the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken called it meritless. That's one of those things. Well, what do you know, Joe? What does your son know, really? House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer there from Kentucky offered highlights from Hunter Biden's surprise appearance at his contempt of Congress hearing. He told Fox News a pivotal point in that hearing was when Biden, who entered with attorneys, suddenly rose and left the room as the microphone was given to, oh, oh no, not that tiger, Marjorie Taylor Greene, representative from, uh, Republican representative from Georgia. Comer told the Ingram Angle that despite some Democrats' reported claims the appearance was a publicity win for Biden, the play-by-play -play showed a different story. He was there about 15 minutes, and he skedaddled when this woman, Green, got the microphone. She was ready. 
Political news, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley faced off at a CNN debate on Wednesday night in Des Moines as they raced to give their final pitches to Iowa voters just days until the state's pivotal caucuses. In their first one-on-one -on -one debate, the GOP candidates touted their electability, slammed each other's records, as well as former President Donald Trump's records. Meanwhile, Trump, he's juggling some things. Haley and DeSantis are battling to dent Trump's commanding lead in the GOP primary and emerge as his top alternative. Trump, who decided to skip the GOP debate again despite qualifying, is toggling between the courtroom and the campaign trail. That would be tough. Oh, Chris Christie, he dumped out yesterday and had all kinds of bad things to say about this awful, awful guy named Trump, and I don't know where that one went. Well, gee, now a bunch of first graders can figure this one out. What? Joe Biden's agenda to open the southern border and allow millions and millions of illegal aliens to come into our nation appears to have absolutely no logical reasoning behind it. I mean, we have totally moved into Moronville. No, no wait, that's not true. You calculate that Democrats want more illegals in, and they want to register them to vote illegally in order to obtain an electoral vantage. In order to obtain an electoral advantage. Everybody knows that. Many conservatives have suspected just that ever since Biden canceled Trump's border security procedures when he came into office. How many are circulating around this country? And now a video has surfaced from about two years ago in which one Democrat appears to confirm exactly that scheme. I need more people, more people in my district, just for redistricting purposes, said Representative Yvette Clark, Democrat from New York. Everybody knows it. You know it. I know it. Everyone. Why is this such a big deal? If Tapwater had some head of marketing to it, it'd be uh, just celebrating today. A new study published this week found that the typical plastic bottle of water that you might drink contains up to 100 times as many plastic fragments as scientists had previously thought. So dangerous. Everything's dangerous. We're eating and drinking plastic. What else is new? Hey, how about this one? How much would you need to get paid to stop having those nightmares if you were on that plane that sprung a hole? Alaska Airlines thinks, oh, $1,500. That's what the airline offered passengers who were on flight 1282, which had to make an emergency landing to plug a door. <laughs> Just, uh, it would, I'd be having nightmares too. 1500 bucks, huh? Show me the money. Living in today's world for a Thursday. Well, I'm in a story-telling mood today. Former news anchor. Well, just her name's Shannon. She's shared her story to hundreds of thousands of people. And it's all about faith during her life's darkest moments and hope that her story can help other people. I've been very open about this cornea disease that I have. A painful disease that came out of nowhere. That first struck her in the middle of the night shortly before her 40th birthday and persisted for two years. I was in searing pain, she told people. I couldn't get any rest. The ongoing condition that Bream said felt like she was being stabbed in the eyes prevented her from sleeping for more than two hours at a time. She suffered from double vision and migraines and had to constantly use eye drops throughout the day. 
It took me almost two years to get diagnosed by going through numbers of doctors. This woman said that she thought she couldn't take any more after being told by one doctor that she was just being too emotional about it. Those were definitely my darkest days, she remembered, and I felt suicidal, living in chronic pain. Her husband, Sheldon, had previously overcome his own serious health challenges. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 24 years of age, and after surgery to remove the benign growth, he was left with temporary but severe facial paralysis. In those moments, she said she and her husband leaned on faith and on one another. I felt so blessed. Where do you go if you don't have a faith cushion to fall into? Because there are moments for both of us just praying, God help me. Those three words, God help me, that's it. That's all. Even when you can't put out a prayer, I think he knows what's in your heart and soul. Isn't that great? This brave gal said the Bible verse that uh, helped her face this ordeal. This is from 2 Corinthians, she said, where Paul had a thorn in his side and he kept asking God to take it away, and God didn't, and he had to learn to live with it. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, she read. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Isn't this great? The story of a TV anchor woman. It happened. She finally found a doctor who was able to diagnose her condition as chronic erosion syndrome exasperated by corneal map dot fingerprint dystrophy. Say that three times. She prayed that God would send her the perfect doctor that would help heal her. And she went to the doctor that diagnosed her immediately the very next day after prayer. My faith is the only thing in my amazing husband that got me through this. I think people hearing this who have suffered so many things, maybe they're suffering right now, and I pray they would just know that God is a source of unconditional love and acceptance, and He can pull you through anything in life. Oh, I like this. I think our greatest moment of pain can be our greatest chance to grow in our faith and to share it and to hopefully bring someone back from the brink, she said. That is tremendous. Well, it's been about 24 hours, so I've been thinking about it. I think I'm going to get back in touch with my doctor and help with her bedside manner. I had my annual physical yesterday, and uh, I'm in great shape, she said. But at one point, we're walking through, and she's asking me all these questions and poking in my nose and ears and all that stuff. She wanted to know if I had a will and uh, my end-of-life affairs in order. Seriously, <laughs> I was kind of stunned. Doc, are you sure there's something you're not telling me here? And I end up having a bunch of blood tests and all that. They said, you're in great shape other than your weight there a little bit, Greg. You could, uh, don't go there. I'm telling you, those, I keep saying it, the scales at my doctor's office, they're broken. <laughs> Good grief. Hey, business news. Amazon, the e-commerce giant, has spent billions and billions building its content and streaming service, but now it wants to rein in the cost. So it's laying off hundreds of employees in its Prime Video and MGM Studios units, the latter of which it acquired for $6.5 billion in 2022. Well, what have you done for me lately? Oh, I don't care that you've won six Super Bowls over 24 years and one of the winningest NFL coaches of all time. You're out of here. That's what Bill Belichick heard yesterday. 
His iconic run with the New England Patriots comes to an end after multiple showdown talks with Robert Kraft. Kraft and Belichick will address the media at Gillette Stadium. Well, today, yeah. Per NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, Belichick leaves after three days of meetings, and he is now out of New England. His departure comes after a dreadful season in which the Pats rank last in the AFC East with a 4-13 record, marking New England's worst finish since 1992. And where is Tom Brady when we need him? Oh, and one more. Belichick's probably the best in the NFL. How about the best in college? Nick Saban of Alabama. My goodness, he has done some incredible things. Without a doubt, the best college football coach ever. He's retiring, 72. He's calling it quits while he's on top. Did you know this about January the 11th today? It's National Milk Day. Finally, who said that? Well, some faithful Christian, right? If God could close the lion's mouth for Daniel, part the Red Sea for Moses, make the sun stand still for Joshua, open the prison for Peter, put a baby in Sarah's arms, raise Lazarus from the dead, he can certainly take care of whatever's going on in your life. It's called faith. Oh, and the next time that you feel, well, uninformed or stupid, remember there are people who actually watch the view. Well, and then let me ask you this. What did you get out of the word today? Read your Bible? Excellent. Ah, you've been in prayer? Oh, outstanding. Uh, You're serving God in and out of the church someplace, and uh, you're fellowshipping with other believers already this Thursday? Well, let me give you a pat on the back and say, I think that I love you. Where's my Bible? Life 101 is next. So first join me on Facebook and then listen to Hello World here in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area via the internet. Thanks to WHCB Radio. All kinds of prayer requests come across information that we use daily on Hello World, all a part of Facebook, and you are not there. What is your problem? I'm teasing. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N, love to have you on board on Facebook with us. People joining every day, seven days a week, and we're looking for you. Jerry G, P-A-T-T-E-N, on Facebook. Join us now. Be my friend. Listen very carefully and then say, yep, he's right. Trouble ain't trouble till it hits me. And you know what I mean. Let's say today you find out that someone you love has been in a really bad car crash or diagnosed with cancer with 30 days to live or any number of scenarios. The cry might go out, no, God, please don't call him or her home. Please don't do that. That could be a desperate cry today ringing throughout your home, wherever you might live. It's been heard by people daily for centuries. This message is chilling, whether it was last week or 20 years ago. After a frantic morning of sketchy news reports, unhelpful phone calls to American Airlines, and some unanswered questions, Cheryl just received the devastating news. Her husband, Tom, co-pilot of that now-famous Flight 811 plane, was one of the first victims of the September 11th tragedy as his flight crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. It's been a few years, but it's still very much in the mind of all Americans. 
It was just a cool September morning there in New Hampshire. This woman said she sat on her back deck, she recalls, grabbing my Bible, a quilt, a hot coffee, excited that I was about to have a half hour before I had to start doing my typical mom stuff for the day. Then the annoying ring of the phone broke the morning's peacefulness and marked the beginning of a really nightmare journey for me. That first phone began a barrage of calls and visitors and news reports that seemed only to bring about more questions than it did answers. All of the television news reports were unclear. Friends came over. Women were praying with me. I was on the phone with the airline, but they weren't telling me anything at this point. It wasn't until the chief pilot came over to my house in person that I knew something. That's when I heard what had really happened. Cheryl's most overwhelming memory of that day, though, was having to go to her children's school to tell them that their father was forever gone. I went to tell my children, just knowing in my heart that I couldn't even think of how I'm going to tell them this. Seeing her son walk into the principal's office, she held him closely and uttered the only words that came to mind. Tommy, Jesus has called Daddy home. The teens later assured her that she had delivered the news in the most comforting way possible. Cheryl recalls a bright spot in the healing process with her daughter. Jennifer was driving to school one day, and she said to me, Mom, I'm so glad that you're not angry at God. I know God didn't cause this to happen. God is getting me through this, and he is my strength, said Cheryl. Likewise, her son offered comfort and solace at this grieving time with a grieving mother. One night I was crying, and Tommy put his arm around my shoulders, gave me a big hug, and said, Mom, everything's going to be all right. Our life on this earth is so short. Our life in heaven with Daddy is for eternity. Wow, that could put a lump in your throat. The past year been a time of radical transition for this family. Cheryl's chief responsibility in ministry explains is taking care of the kids. My days are really filled. I'm really busy with things that are serving the Lord, even if that means simply making dinner for my family and being home at night to listen and help with their homework. To me, that's serving the Lord. It doesn't have to be anything bigger than that in life. However, holding her family together is not Cheryl's only ministry. Months after the terror attack, she was asked to speak at her home congregation, Bethany Church in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She delivered a message that she calls the Trust God message. The focus of that presentation was the need to trust God for every breath you take, she explains, which was the only way for her to begin this long, long process of healing. After that service, she was approached by a church member who asked her to speak at a business convention she was organizing. Startled by the request, she replied, I don't want to speak. I don't know how to speak. And I'm so broken. Why would anyone want to come and hear a broken-hearted person speak? After praying for some guidance, she agreed and was stunned by the response of many people who came to hear her story of broken hearts and God's healing touch. And since then, this woman has shared the Trust God message with many different churches around America, civic groups, charities, organizations, sometimes reaching crowds of thousands. Her growing passion, however, is to minister to women, touched by the massive outpouring of love and prayer and wise counsel from the women in her own church, Cheryl now works toward giving back by being a source of biblical strength and encouragement to hurting and broken women. How has Cheryl changed? It feels like I've learned to trust God and depend on Him for everything I've had to, every part of my journey. 
which led me to a new message on forgiveness and my legacy. How can this victim of unimaginable evil speak about forgiveness? It's a recent attitude shift that came from a most unlikely source, and that being her late husband, Tom. I actually found a book that was one of Tom's Bible studies with his thoughts and notes and favorite scriptures underlined. The scriptures that he had underlined were passages for forgiveness and how to forgive. And this began a very difficult journey for Cheryl as she started to explore how and why she might one day forgive those men who took her husband from her. I guess going forward for me, the challenge is to work toward forgiving the people who have done this. To her, forgiveness is essential in the final healing process of her shattered heart. If I dwell on the bad things that the hijackers have done, it will only make me angry, and the angry will turn to resentment. And my resentment will then turn to bitterness. I want my heart to be healed completely, and to have that happen, I have to forgive. Cheryl seeks this restoration not only for herself, but for her kids, knowing that she can teach forgiveness to her kids only by modeling it. Now, that's a good message. Cheryl became aware of her own behavior. This is yet another lesson that Tom taught me about the family since his death. Going through his things, she found a note that Tom had written to himself in a Bible study guide. In his own handwriting, this echoed from the grave, I want to be more like Jesus because my son wants to be like me. Sharing this message with their son, Tommy, Cheryl has begun to realize the full impact of this awesome responsibility. I know this note left a huge impression on Tommy's heart, and I know that he will pass that on to his children and my grandchildren, and I thought, what do I want to be remembered for? What is my legacy? Do I want to be remembered as an angry, bitter, resentful person? Her answer is a resounding no. Besides, God can't use me if I'm that way. I want to be sure that I remain pure and that my purpose in is in line with God's plan for me in life. Remembering God's promise for hope and a future in Jeremiah 29, 11, Cheryl concludes, What that September day has taught me is I really don't need to know his future plans for me. She said that when she considered her new ministry years ago, speaking to large crowds, she admits, I can honestly hear God say, if you only know the plans that I have for you. But if I knew, I'd be saying, God, don't tell me that. I can't do that. However, as long as he keeps giving me opportunities, I'll keep doing it. And I'm just thankful for what I'm able to do. Every Christian listening to this program today can be just like Cheryl. It doesn't have to be a tragedy, but you need to do all you can do for the Lord Jesus Christ today. Now, don't back off. Don't backslide in that responsibility. People, you know them. Family member and friends today need Jesus Christ as Savior. And they also need the hope that is in you. And you're supposed to give an answer to every man that asketh the hope that's within. You have it, my friend. Do your job today. And finally, oh, this one is bad. Married couple, 60 years old, celebrating their 35th anniversary, and during their wedding party, a fairy appeared to congratulate them and grant them one wish. The wife wanted to travel around the world. The fairy waved her wand, and poof, the wife had tickets to a worldwide cruise. Then she asked the husband, typical, <laughs> I wish I had a wife 30 years younger than me. So the fairy picked up her wand, poof. 
and the guy was 90 years old. <laughs> that didn't work out at all. That laughter, it's a medicine. Come on, do it now and then. This is Pat and I have been together forever. 62, 63 years together now. Seven years. I dated her seven years before I married her, so that'll give you an idea. How you doing? This is Thursday. Trust, things are going well for you. Weather-wise, supposed to get a snowstorm here in Indiana in the next couple of days. Maybe up to 10 inches. Ain't going to happen. Nah. That's the way it is, my friend. That's the way it is for a Thursday, January the 11th, 2024. I am Greg Patton. God bless you. Have a great day.